public service announcement. The implications of the Omicron strain. Now, listeners, keep in mind, we're not medical professionals. But you also got to remember that we're really good researchers and we like thinking deeply. So today in our little PSA, we're going to talk a little bit about Omicron, what's known so far, what we can hypothesize from what's going on in other countries, because particularly from the perspective of studying communications this year, I am utterly underwhelmed by the current public debate about Omicron. The ultimate hidden truth of the world is that it is something that we make and could just as easily make differently. David Graeber. 1961 to 2020. Welcome to Blind Insights. I'm joined today by David Olney. How are you, David? Very well, and still without a pink coffee. We have to just go down in a recording break and just get you another one. <laughs> yeah, when we try and do three episodes in a day, this is this is a lot of pink coffee, pink coffee, pink coffee. But it turns out instead of pink coffee being distracting for everyone in the studio, I'm wearing a new fragrance today called Young Rose by Byredo. And everyone in the studio has said they like it. So I've got an even bigger smile than normal. <laughs> it's in, it's incredible. And um, another person subjected to this magnificent smell. Thank you very much for joining us, Luke. Thank you very well. Thank you for having me. I'm stumbling over my words from being intoxicated by the it's damn good <laughs> smell that's wafting over from the desk. Magnificent. And audience, it, it's still sort of good. We're all being well behaved. We're not sitting in a cluster to keep the smell close. We're still being very, very uh, we're sort of responsible grown ups. Socially distancing, right? Yeah. yeah that's like with where the mics are, we're actually being very good little humans. You smell what a unicorn, I think, would mm. smell like. Oh, there's the T-shirt. By Rito, Young Rose on David. (laughs) What a unicorn should smell like. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It is. It has. It is magical. Uh, but yeah, you know, okay. To 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 bring it down a few notches into something that we're all, I guess, a little bit pissed with, to for lack of a better phrase, COVID messaging, especially in South Australia, Omicron. Gosh, yeah, I mean, globally. Dismal. Even, but, yeah. Gosh. So I think to start with, everyone, what I'm going to say is, you all need to do your own research mm-hmm. on which Twitter experts and i mean like genuine public health experts on twitter or which public health experts on youtube or whatever forum you want to follow you want to follow to get proper analysis of new data as it's coming out rather than secondhand crap from the australian media and australian politicians where it's almost like they've now got a filter of we've been in this for 22 months we can't do a good job We can't get past the idea of elimination strategy. We can't get past the idea that we've built so much infrastructure Mm. for dealing with COVID that we can't deal with COVID when COVID changes. But you've got to find a new source of information. So I will suggest to you the best single source I've found in a year of looking for sources of information, which is a channel on YouTube called Dr. John Campbell. He's a public health professional who has been making public health messages about sort of making people understand what's going on with medical issues and with diseases for literally 40 years. So this is not someone who jumped onto YouTube simply because of Omicron. He believes that the public need to understand public health or how can we all be healthy. Mm. So today what I'm going to talk about for my bit of this is that there is good data coming out about Omicron every day None of it gives us an absolute clear picture 
of what happens next. But there is a lot more information out there that we need to know because it can both help us be scared for the right reasons and calm for the right reasons. So if you guys don't mind, I'm going to just unpack a little bit of what John Campbell's been saying for the last four weeks about Omicron. Okay, so big thing to understand is Omicron is more than likely going to displace Delta in Australia like it has already done in South Africa, where it probably came from, like it is already doing in the UK. The South African story with Omicron is fascinating in that because so many people in South Africa have already had COVID of some variation or have been vaccinated, what it means is Omicron is not killing many people or putting that many people in hospital, but lots of people are getting it Mm -hmm. to the point where in some suburbs of major cities in South Africa, in Cape Town and Johannesburg, the wastewater sample of Omicron is already going down because the virus has already peaked because there's no one left to get it. So it's gone from zero to population in some cities in five weeks. Wow. What we're seeing in the UK is Omicron in probably four weeks in the UK, according to John Campbell and the experts he has on. And I'll just keep saying Dr. John Campbell because I don't want to give you 20 names. I'd rather give you one good channel where if you just keep following up with his science, you'll learn what you think you can trust and what you can't. Uh, In the UK, in under four weeks, Omicron has gone from being brand new to already being the majority strain in London. It is already displacing Delta. And the very smart medical statisticians in the UK are estimating that there will be over one million Omicron cases per day by the 1st of January. Mm. The hypothesis for Omicron at the moment is it's the sheer number of people who are going to get it that make it frightening. Not you know that it's more dangerous than Delta, just we're all going to have it within weeks of each other. Meaning hospitals will be overwhelmed, emergency services will all be out on medical leave because they'll be infected. Uh, already in London you can see you know, they're struggling to get enough train drivers for the tube to work properly. They're worried about having enough truck drivers to deliver food. So what we're actually most likely to see based on the data we have pre-Christmas data is the problem with this isn't going to be how many people die it is literally for a month or so we will go into systems breakdown there won't be a nurse to look after you because they'll be out sick there won't be a doctor to look after you they'll be out sick there won't be a police officer able to you know look after a traffic light that's out and direct traffic because there's not enough people at work and it'll be expected you can take responsibility for crossing the road safely on your own. Food won't get delivered, not because there isn't food, but because quite simply every regular delivery driver is home for a week with Omicron. Uh, On top of the fact that there's a urea shortage, just to be clear. Yeah, well, again, add blue (laughs) plus Omicron equal nothing move. Equal inflation. Mm, Bad. Anyway, just to be clear. But (laughs) the data out of South Africa... And the UK so far is that in South Africa, because of the number of people who've already had some form of COVID and vaccination, and in the UK, because of the number of people who've already had COVID and the level of vaccination, that Omicron at the moment 
is looking like the thing we will all have, but that the vast majority of us here, because we're double vaxxed and we're already starting to get boosters, we will probably all only be sick for three to four days like a mega hangover slash bad cold. The symptoms have changed dramatically. Omicron doesn't make you lose your sense of taste or smell. It's far more like you start with a runny nose and a headache, then you feel like you got run over by a truck and everything hurts, and then you recover. But the freak out with this is going to be system failure, simply because everyone is at home trying not to infect everyone else. So if we think about the messaging we're getting in Australia at the moment, where Sydney hit 2,500 cases in a day yesterday, was there any breakdown as to which proportion were Omicron and which were Delta? Are we already seeing the displacement strategy? Or have we still got rabid levels of Delta, which is more dangerous? Well, we don't know because they're not telling us. Mm. Are we not bringing forward the booster dates because we don't have data or because Australia is too incompetent to jab millions of people quickly. What did we see this year? Australia is too incompetent to jab millions of people quickly. So even if we wanted to boost quickly, could we go below the five-month mark? I'm guessing we can't because quite simply we don't have the capacity. And we've had 22 months to get ready for capacity. Mm. We have SA Health taking days to you know, let people know uh, if they're a close contact. Hello, Omicron is at least eight times more transmissible than Delta. This is, I, I don't know how incriminating this is to say. I know someone who works, I know a couple of people who work in state government and some of that data comes through to the staff way before it gets announced, like days like I had like a pre-warning before. Precisely. I've had enough texts in the last 22 months from people in the know yep. 12 hours before. Like literally last year when we last recorded with Luke at the end mm. of the year, we all got our own message <laughs> before yeah. the public message from different people in the know. Yeah. Now, why is there a two-speed system when it's public health? Well, I'd actually say it's three-speed. They know, then they let people know who they want to let know, which means it slows down the system letting everyone else know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we're in a situation where the other thing that's fascinating about Dr. John Campbell's work is he talks to lots of medicos worldwide who are dealing with COVID and time and time again on his channel, he talks about what we can do to prepare to have COVID. And what we can all do is make sure that we've got very high levels of vitamin D in our system, somewhere around 4,000 IU per day. He talks about the importance of having enough zinc in our system. He talks about the importance of having vitamin K2 in our system if we are at risk of heart disease you know, from family history. Mm. And then he talks to GPs from all over the world who've done this for themselves and their patients. And lo and behold, even when their patients get COVID, they don't end up in hospital. So why is it that we don't get this data? And I don't want to believe in conspiracy theories. I just want to believe that our senior politicians spend so long talking to Pfizer and Moderna, they don't actually realise anymore there is preventative health. Mm. I think it's more that they're habituated to the jab, jab, jab. And I'm not saying that jab, jab, jab is not awesome. Jab, jab, jab is absolutely awesome. But what do you want to do on top of jab, jab, jab? 
when in reality, based on everything we're seeing in South Africa and the UK, we're all going to have Omicron by the end of January at this rate. And that would satiate a, a, a hunger, I think, from the from the population. You know, how many people already are turning to kinds of alternative medicines and things that yep. they want to try and prevent this disease? And that's not saying or you fix can, it when you they can have prevent. It. It's saying you can potentially reduce severity yeah which okay so and on that note i will say that if anyone decides to do anything like that make sure that it has a statement on the box whatever you're buying that says ost as in a-u-s-t-l or ost r or uh, i forget what the third letter is but make sure that it's approved, approved to by do the something. tga yeah. yeah don't buy alternative mm. medicines that <laughs> come mm. in a freezer bag mm. <laughs> so if you want to feel empowered there's lots of things you can do you can leave your mask on even if you live in Sydney where clearly the political elite have uh, gone out on a boat in the harbour to watch the city burn. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can take some vitamin D to prime your immune system. You can take some zinc, which makes life very hard for viruses. You can get plenty of sleep. You can decide which social activities you're going to engage in between now and early January when... Okay, putting it in context, the reproduction rate for a virus when it gets scary anything above three is out of control mm. currently there are cities in the uk with a reproduction rate of omicron of five mm. it's in the wild and it's going hi and we don't know what proportion of covid in sydney is omicron but we do know that the reproduction rate in sydney in some parts of sydney is now three which means out of control mm which means two and a half thousand cases a day are the people who feel bad enough to bother to go and get tested. You said that having such a high population double vax, which is great, is also going to lead to a lot of asymptomatic yeah. people mm. wandering around. Breathing out Omicron because it appears to do very well in the bronchial bit of our respiratory system rather than in the lungs, which means as we all walk around wheezing without a mask on, if we are asymptomatic with Omicron, we're going to be spreading it far and wide without knowing because if you're double vaxxed or if you've just got your booster there's at least a 20 percent chance based on the data from south africa and the uk so far that you will you know have omicron and not even know well so you know even if you live in sydney and they're saying no you don't need a mask put your bloody mask on hmm. it's it's actually really not a very big deal <laughs> we were doing it for ages how hard is it to do it for another six weeks at least. So long story short, we're going to be in for some pain in the next couple of months, but it may not be from the virus itself, but it's going to be from... Virus plus system down. Yeah. Yeah. Which is wild. And it's not clear that the the people that are, let's say, handling policies to do with this... Uh, a maybe even necessarily aware of it, um, though I'm sure they are. But B um, directing their policies toward what that may look like. You know, yeah. we've currently got quarantines for seven days for elimination. For well, elimination, what's, what's that going to mean? Again, the data could change on Omicron. This mm. is all relative to a period before Christmas, 2021. But based mm. on what we know now, the real problem is going to be we're not going to be able to avoid it. And we have a system set up for elimination. You know, it turns out in Australia this week, there wasn't going to be a national cabinet meeting. What is wrong with these retards? <laughs> We're in a global pandemic and they didn't have a pre-Christmas mm. national cabinet meeting? Yeah. Like, really? 
Yeah. And, you know, their elimination strategy didn't seem to have a problem with uh, leaving large shopping centers open. Yeah. Like... <laughs> or Dominic Perrottet saying, oh, no, don't wear your mask unless you feel like it. Yeah, it's total mixed messaging. I think that's been the thing that's been most frustrating from my end. It's like, yeah. well, I don't know to what extent I'm responsible to other people, to to the government, the policies, because like, it's, it's clear, I think, even some of the policies that are around now can actually be, be quite crushing for people that live week to week, if they, yeah. well, especially if they're unvaccinated and they go to quarantine for two weeks. But, yeah. Yeah. But maybe not even having the virus, but being in within, you know, how many meters of someone else that did. And yeah. Yeah. So we lost the economic opportunity to lock in looking after people, which makes a better society. Well, this time, there is a very good chance that for a short period of time, the system is actually going to break. Not because people are dead in droves in the streets, but because people are at home recovering and not infecting more people, yeah. which is all incredibly sensible in the way it should be. Well, state, you're a sovereign currency issuer. Get your shit together mm. and make sure people are okay. Mm. And we're already hearing stories of people in you know daycare in Melbourne and Sydney going to work because it's the one shift they'll get before Christmas. Yep. So they can pay for presents for their family. Yep. And they went even though they felt a bit rough. And guess what? Now they've got COVID, and a whole kindy full of little kids are taken home to mum and dad. And, and yeah, I guess that you could say part of that is because some people are um, being irresponsible about leaving the house and especially if they know that they have COVID and, mm. and sort of doing the wrong thing. And but I think there's an element of that. Mm. But it's actually, I think the, the, the scarier thing in this case with Omicron is that it's it, it just spreads without you even knowing. knowing. But more so. important, if you can get one shift before Christmas mm. and you only feel a little bit rotten and you don't know what that rotten is mm. because it's not the symptoms that our moronic media are telling us about yeah. because the symptoms have changed. So the moronic media is still talking about Delta symptoms as if it will remain the dominant strain. How about you talk about both sets of symptoms and go, you are possibly going to have this set mm. or this set. If you've got some strange combination, that means, well, maybe it's neither, but please probably go get tested anyway. Yeah. But let people know it's a different set of symptoms for Omicron. It's a set that look much more like normal hay fever slash cold. Yeah, which is Gulp, pretty going into yeah. yeah, going into summer in Australia, that fits in the oh shit category pretty well, doesn't it? Yeah, it. You know, the other thing that I guess I'm frustrated with the messaging of is, you know, David and I we were talking a couple of weeks about how your your chances of getting long COVID if you're between 19 and 29, if you get COVID, is one in 20. Mm. If you're unvaccinated, and if you get vaccinated. That your chances of contracting long COVID if you get COVID is one in 40. And now mm. one of the symptoms of long COVID is that you may lose up to a standard deviation in IQ points, which is about 15 points. Yep. So you are, by getting a vaccine between 19 and 20, for Stopping instance, yourself being a moron. Basically, stopping yourself from getting dumber. I, yeah. And I think that is one of the best, if not the best, Arguments argument to get a vaccine. Yeah. And it just where do you hear that? Uh, Nowhere, sadly, even though it's a great bit of data that would make an excellent T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. And I don't have 15 points to lose. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Come yeah. on, dude. You, <laughs> you could lose two standard deviations and still be fine. Uh, I don't want you to, but you could. <laughs> as someone who, you know, only I probably just pay attention as much as the average punter out there. It went from going, we're going to live with it. 
but now it's sort of like we're going to live with it or diet we're going to live with it or I live with, we're going to live with it light <laughs> live because, light because it's still like yeah. a 7 day it's not really living with it but it's not the full quarantine but we still got to do a, a little bit and yeah maybe it's going to break some systems maybe it's not but it, it just doesn't feel like stop saying we're going to live with it because we're not yeah. we're still we're still trying to flatten the curve and all that yep. sort of yep. stuff and I, you could be forgiven out there from saying, well, well we're going to live with it. So I'm feeling a bit off. Bah, we're I'll living with it. That's just, they've said, yep. just, people are going to get it. We're just going to have to, we're just the gonna masks, have to deal with it. Isn't yeah. it? It's like, and there's a fatigue as well. It's like, yes. you know, I, I, how, how, I don't even know. I don't even like listening to the messaging. No, fatigue, it, yeah. the, the virus and Christmas is a combo. And we haven't even had any pain here in no, South Australia. No, which is part Imagine of the reason what why it's even harder. Like in, in Melbourne. I don't, yeah. I don't blame them. No. So this is such a mess. Everyone wants this Christmas because they didn't have last Christmas. Yeah. Everyone is jack of the messaging. Everyone is jack of doing the right thing, but seeing it has worked, but at such a huge cost to so many people. And again, we keep talking about, oh, we want to get back to normal. Well, people's <laughs> mental health and economic state has now been so affected. You don't want normal. We have to have better than normal. But to do better than normal, we got to deal with what's coming, mm. which is the next wave. Mm. And the next wave could be very good in that we all get a lot of natural immunity, but only if we're ready and only if it turns out to be bad but not awful, which before Christmas is what Omicron is looking like. But, you know, there are a lot of people who aren't listening anymore, but there are also a lot of people who just want better information about what risks to take, what they should expect to have happen, and what the consequences might be. Mm. And I think our public health professionals and our political elite owe them answers with dates and times attached. On this date, this is what we knew, and this is the best advice I can give you. But don't watch this video in three days' time because there'll be a new one with a new date and better advice as we get more data. And all the comms people advising the doctors and the public health people are going to go, no, no, you've got to keep the messages simple. You've got to keep them consistent. Yes, that's fine in normal life. Standard comms procedure of essentially construct your message like propaganda, mm. three points, bloody simple and consistent, doesn't work in a moving feast called a pandemic. <laughs> In a moving feast called a pandemic, you need to remind people that they're highly capable and that they can take a lot of responsibility for helping themselves and the people they love and the strangers who they'd rather do the right thing by. Mm. Because the people who aren't listening aren't listening either way. So why don't you political elite and public health people, wonderful public health people like Dr. John Campbell, talk to us like we have a brain and want to try and do the right thing? Because there's enough of us who can and will do the right thing if you help us. Mm. I think that's the end of my rant. Unless you gentlemen want to have a rant. No, I'm good. I'd, I'd, I'd like to bring up the drug companies. Feel free, man. Have <laughs> um, a rant. Because <laughs> it's, you know, there was recent evidence that came out and I know that they're fighting about this in Parliament and in the Senate, I believe. Recent evidence about emails that were exchanged between... I don't know, whatever office it was, and um, Pfizer about them being really enthused to get the vaccine here and how we were just so slow to get it here. Um, and they were being uh, accommodating, um, would be putting it lightly, they were 
literally excited <laughs> mm. to bring everything here. Um, sorry, Pfizer was to bring the vaccine here and we were just slow on the uptake. Um, and there was that whole controversy about uh, one of our ex-prime ministers having a conversation with the drug companies and all that other kind of thing. Go on, mate, save us from ourselves. Yes, mm. because our own prime minister couldn't do it. And you could be forgiven maybe for excusing that on the basis that there's probably a lot of financial incentives for the drug companies to bring their vaccines here and maybe the government was a little bit um, wary of that. Um, I don't think that's what happened. But clear, clear that the drug companies have uh, come into a positive light now. Even the media are painting them in a positive light mm. um, where I think we were having a discussion before we started recording a couple of years ago. They were very close to being... On the nose and being investigated for why aren't we getting breakthroughs? Yeah. Why aren't we... Oh, because you lot don't do anything. Yes. Unless there's a billion dollars in it. Yeah. So, and and it's... No, it's not clear that we're even thinking about that now and I'd like to maybe, I don't know, I think about that all the time. I Part of me, even though it's not an mRNA vaccine, is quite proud of having the AstraZeneca because we got it made here and it was like a hundred times cheaper than the Pfizer vaccine yeah. that I probably should have got. Um, uh, Man, you wanted vaccine on board so that your wedding could go ahead. Oh, so your I, logic for doing I got it, it as soon as I could was that completely was... impeccable. No, totally, no, no. But there's also like a part of me that's like a little happy about the fact that it was easy yeah. because it was what's like four cents a shot or whatever it is, as opposed to like four dollars a shot that it is yeah. for Pfizer. And I just don't like the idea of supporting big pharma. I guess. Well, uh, and here, you know, I, I think something I'd like to add about this is all right. Delta, I think from memory, you know, first emerged in India, mm. and this is not to pick on any country, but just to say that we're going to get strains out of places where there's lots of people mm. living intense lives in the midst of economic development, which means lots of pollution, lots of pressure, which means uh, less well-functioning immune systems. Yeah. That's my only point I'm making. I don't want to pick on the developing world, but what I want to say is when you're living somewhere that's more intense the likelihood is your immune system is going to have to work harder and may not do as well. Yeah. And we're a rich country and we've made drug companies even richer. How about rich countries and now even richer drug, drug companies, companies just bite the bullet mm. and provide the level of vaccines necessary to end this pandemic? There's, I mean, you know, I don't want to promote any kind of conspiracies, but you could see how it wouldn't be in the drug company's interest to completely eradicate it. Not when they've got the opportunity to make the next version. Yeah. But... When in reality, with the profits they've made and are going to continue to make and the amount of money that's been spent. Like, this is an interesting question. If we paid for Pfizer, Moderna and AZ in Australian dollars, if they were willing to take our currency... That means we could have just created the money to pay for it, so there is no economic problem. Oh, yeah. Now, if we were idiots and we borrowed it to pay for it, then we truly are stupid and deserve what we get, <laughs> even though it's our politicians who did it and will suffer the consequences. Oh, yeah. No, we are the ones most at risk. And uh, that's not a very nice note to end on, but it feels like a, a sort of ranty conclusion, do you feel? Yeah, it's a ranty conclusion. So what I'm going to say is wear your mask when you can. Take 4,000 IU of vitamin D a day. Make sure you've got enough zinc on board. Start watching independent, good public health professionals' mm -hmm. product about understanding COVID and pandemics in general. And 
take Rutger Bretman's advice and stop listening to the news because it's made by people who might have started with the right intentions, but it's been so perverted out of shape, mm. it's almost now worthless. Yeah. And be kind to each other, please, mm. over the next few weeks. Yeah. Compassion sure. and empathy For sure. in buckets. Yeah. Most For sure. Remember, most people are scared. They're not awful. Yes. And if you're scared too, but you're also not awful, then give that other person the benefit of going, okay, they're scared as well, and they're not awful either. Totally. Don't blame someone for not having been enlightened to watching uh, Dr. John Campbell. John Campbell. We're not all privileged enough to have been told about him in the first place, and if your only news comes from Channel 7, you can be hardly to blame for some of the strange conclusions that you come to. So, um, yeah, I guess just be a little bit charitable with that as well. Thank you very much, both uh, both gentlemen. Thank you very much, Luke. Thank you. And thank you very much, David. Thank you, gentlemen, and thank you, listeners. Hello, audience. Thank you for listening to Blind Insights. If you're enjoying the show, please remember to subscribe and share your favorite episodes or leave us a review if you really love us. We'd love to hear from you. Get in contact with us on Facebook or Twitter at Blind Insights or send us a recorded question to the email in the description to feature on an episode. Also, don't forget that we have merchandise. Thank you to the Oscast Network. Peace out. <laughs>